Hello everyone, I'm Christopher Tan and welcome to Providence Money Wisdom, an original podcast inspired by my book Money Wisdom, Simple Truths for Financial Wellness. In this podcast, I'll be sharing simple financial truths to guide you in navigating through the minefields of misinformation and false promises in order to achieve financial security and peace of mind. Don't bet your entire farm on commodities. My late mother was a homemaker and she would have turned 82 this year if she had not passed away. Like most parents of their age, she never got the chance to receive an education. She speaks no English, some Mandarin and mostly dialect. I remember her making an interesting remark before the 2008 financial crisis that oil and gold prices were rising and maybe it was good to invest in them. Let me say that I do not belittle her for her lack of education. But if even my mother can make such a statement, it pretty much describes then the prevailing views of the commodity market as a whole. They were hot, or at least everyone then was saying that they were. But are they really? Let's first try to understand what commodities are. They are raw materials, natural resources, hard assets, and real things that surround us. There are soft commodities such as wheat, corn, cotton, soybeans, cocoa, base metals such as lead, copper, aluminium, and zinc, precious metals such as gold, silver, and platinum, energy such as oil and natural gas. In fact, there are about more than 80 types of commodities listed in the Commodity Bible, known as the Commodity Research Bureau. CRB in short, found in their yearbook. So what drives commodity prices? Primarily, it is demand and supply. There is always unlimited demand, but limited supply of these commodities, and therefore, any factor that causes an increase in demand or reduces the supply will drive the prices of these materials. When demand is greater than supply, the prices of commodities will soar. When supply becomes in excess relative to demand, the prices will fall. While it is true that the drive for global economic growth can increase the demand for commodities and deplete the supply, it is also true that speculators can push the price well beyond what is caused by simple fundamental demand and supply differentials. So let's talk a little bit more about the commodities market. There are a number of ways through which we can be exposed to the commodities market. Well, first of all, you can buy shares in companies that produce commodities or service those companies. We can participate in the rising price of commodities by investing directly in companies such as Phelps Dodge, a US-based copper company traded on the New York Stock Exchange or NYSE, or Chevron Texaco, ExxonMobil, oil companies, etc. However, the downside of this approach is that we are very narrowly focused on just a few stocks and that we participate in the risk of the market and the company that may have nothing to do with the commodity itself. For example, we may be exposed to the sentiments of the stock market, government policies, 
corporate scandals, business risks, and so on. Some of the issues, such as government policies and political risk, can be positive for the price of a particular commodity in question, but negative for the company shares. So, in a sense, we are not getting the real advantage of investing in commodities. To diversify company-specific risk, we can invest via a mutual fund or what we call a unit trust, which will spread our monies across various commodity companies. This is the most practical strategy to be exposed to this asset class. Well, secondly, we can invest in countries that produce commodities. When commodity prices rise, the economies of or the economics and the economies of the countries that produce those commodities will grow too. Canada and Australia are two examples of major commodity producing countries. Both are rich in natural resources and home to some of the largest mines in the world. Brazil is the world's biggest producer and exporter of sugar. Chile is the world's leading exporter of copper. Bolivia is sitting on huge deposits of natural gas. However, the downside of investing in commodity-producing countries is that you are exposed to country-specific risk. This is especially so when many of these countries are emerging economies and are always susceptible to external and internal threats. For example, any pullback in China will affect countries such as Chile and Brazil, both exporters of copper. China is now the world's greatest consumer of copper. Russia and Nigeria are also extremely rich in natural resources such as oil but they are politically unstable and are facing many internal tensions. And even as we read for this podcast, Russia is at war with Ukraine. So, see the risks in investing directly into the countries? Well, thirdly, we can buy commodities. Perhaps the best way to get exposed to rising commodities prices is to buy the commodity itself. The problem is, where would we store $100,000 or more of this copper, corn, or sugar? Unfortunately, there are other ways, or rather fortunately, there are other ways to buy commodities without physically owning them. Besides trading commodities future on your own, which can be risky if you don't understand the game, we can buy commodity mutual funds, or unit trust, or buy into an index fund investing into a diversified basket of commodities. There aren't many commodity mutual funds available globally. An example of such a fund is the PIMCO Commodity Real Return Strategy Fund, which takes positions in commodities through derivative instruments linked to the Dow Jones AIG Commodity Index. Commodity index investing is probably one of the cheapest and fastest way to invest in commodities. Examples of some of these indices are the Goldman Sachs Commodity Index, a basket of 24 commodities, and Rogers International Commodities Index, a basket of 35 commodities. Unfortunately, mutual funds that invest directly into commodities futures as well as commodity index funds are not available to retail investors in Singapore. It is instructive to note that fluctuations in commodity prices can be volatile and highly unpredictable, as we have seen in the last 10-15 years. 
For example, global commodities markets have been weakening from the peaks recorded in 2011. The value of the United Nations Conference on Trade and Development, non-oil nominal commodity price index, including commodities such as food, tropical beverages, vegetable oil seeds and oils, agricultural raw materials and minerals, oils and metals, this averaged 208 points in April 2015. 37% lower than its peak of 32 or rather 329.5 points in February of 2011. The UNCTAD report, well, the UNCTAD is what I've read earlier on, the United Nations Conference on Trade and Development. Well, this report presupposes that falling commodity prices are associated with a number of factors, including excess supply, slowing demand from China and the emerging economies, faltering economic recovery in advanced economies such as the European Union and the strengthening of the US dollar. Between 1906 and 1923, commodities were hot but stocks went nowhere. In the 1920s, the reverse became true. In the 1970s, commodities were hot again and stock went downhill. And in the 1980s and 1990s, stocks were hot but commodities were bearish. In the 2000, from 2000 or rather from 2000 to 2014, commodities boomed once again, due largely to the rising demand from emerging markets such as the BRIC, which means Brazil, Russia, India and China, these countries, particularly China during the period from 1992 to 2013, as well as concerns over long-term supply availability. However, from 2015 to 2019, prices for commodities have been relatively muted. And now in 2022, we are talking about energy and commodities again, largely due to the war between Russia and Ukraine. So we need a lot of prudence when investing in commodities. We have observed that commodity prices can fluctuate due to a host of factors. It is not simply a case of demand-supply balance. These factors include geopolitical developments such as war and or terror threats, speculative forces and strength of currencies. It is true that commodities are good for an inflationary environment while equities are not. However, it is difficult to predict the combination of macroeconomic, industry, political and market risk that can affect your specific investment. It is therefore important to exercise prudence if you wish to invest in this asset class. In the investment world, for every exciting story that we hear, there will be an equal and opposite view to it. Nobody knows for sure which view is correct. The only people who know for sure what they are getting out of is or rather are the financial salespeople trying to convince you to take up the investment scheme. Think about the dot-com bubble in the year 2000 and the 2008 financial crisis and you get what I mean. So think twice before you invest all your monies into commodities. Don't bet the farm on it. Have an asset allocation plan that comprises, in the main, the broad asset classes of equities and bonds as the core. No matter what other people tell you, 
asset allocation is the best way to get the return you need at a risk level that you are comfortable with. Thank you for tuning in to Providence Money Wisdom. I will be back soon with the next episode. For more information on my book or Providence services, kindly visit Providence.com. I'll see you the next time. All analysis, views or opinions from interviews, recommendations and other information broadcasted, podcasted or published herein are provided for general information purposes only. Information expressed does not take into account any specific situation, particular needs or objectives and should not be construed as specific advice or a recommendation. Information has been obtained from sources that are deemed to be reliable, but their accuracy and completeness cannot be guaranteed. Always consult with a qualified investment, legal or tax professional before taking any action. Provident Limited does not accept any liability for any loss whatsoever arising from any use of the information broadcasted, podcasted or published herein. All contents and information contained herein may not be copied or reproduced in whole or in part by any means without prior written consent of Provident Limited.